This show is all about helping lawn care and landscape professionals take your business to the next level. Get ready to ride along on our 2022 kickoff tour, powered by Kohler Engines, Company Cam, and Xmark. We are traveling the sunshine state of Florida, talking with green industry leaders, discovering best practices and practical strategies to maximize profits. And now, here's your host, best-selling author of the new book, 101 Proven Ways to Increase Efficiency and Make More Money in Lawn Care, Paul Jameson. All righty, everybody. We are kicking it off from the Hype House. John, Signature Landscape, what's up? What's up? Did I say it right? Landscape? Signature Landscape. You got it. Oh, there you go. Sometimes landscaping, landscapes, landscape. I know, I know. I got it right. Well, if you hear all the hype in the background, uh, we just got to the Hype House, and uh, Brittany got us all tacos. People are having a great time. So good. How nice is this crib? I don't think I've been in a nicer rental. This is amazing. Yeah, the Gulf of Mexico is right behind us. They just watched a beautiful sunset, and uh, this place is so nice. So let's say thank you to everyone who made this all possible. Uh, yeah. Caleb Allman. And uh, Uh Brittany from the Hardscape Academy, Uh, they are sponsoring this Hype House, as well as Brian and Liz from the Launcherpreneur Academy. And so, first and foremost, thank you, Brian. Thank you, Caleb. Uh, We appreciate the Launcherpreneur Academy, Hardscape Academy, um, sponsoring this house. I'm also out on a Florida kickoff tour that's brought to us by our friends at Kohler Engines, Xmark, and Company Cam. And so... We got a whole list here of thank yous because all of this happening for our community is obviously um, done by all of the sponsors. So thank you to everybody being a part of this. And then our last but not least, John, <laughs> you're looking at me like <laughs> uh, we um, want to say thank you to Jobber. That's been our sponsor since the beginning of the show. Nice. And um, I started using them in the summer of 2019 to do invoicing and to um, get paid faster, get a card on file. And so we appreciate our friends at Jobber uh, for making it easy to organize business and uh, to present yourself in a professional way to the customers. If you guys want to sign up for Jobber, you can do so at getjobber.com forward slash Paul. And all the sponsors for all of this fun uh, times are going to be in today's show notes. So you guys can take a gander through the show notes and uh, follow up with everyone making this all possible. So, John, I'll hype you up here at the Hype House. (laughs) Last year, 
I had no idea who Andy Mulder was. And Caleb's like, I really want to invite one of my friends. Okay. We're all kind of like, okay, Caleb, we trust you. And we invited Andy Mulder. And, uh, I, you know, I'm a fanboy of Andy. I just, I really respect his business and his life. And this year, Caleb's got a great track record now. So he's like, guys, I, I really want to invite John from Signature. And none I'm of, Yeah, none of us knew who you were. So we're like, who? And, <laughs> and he's like, you just trust me. So... That's that. You're here. I'm here. I'm I'm happy to be here. I'm, how did he present honored. to you and explain to you what we're doing, and how, how did you travel across the country to be here? Right. So he's touched base a few times over the crazy season about uh, you know doing a podcast here or there, and uh, we were able, never able to connect. And uh, when he brought this up, I'm like, you know what? I I would love to. Mm-hmm. He said, you know, Andy and I have met a few times and uh, had some conversations. So he's like, Andy's coming. Just come on down and have a great time. And he wasn't lying. <laughs> there you go. So tell us a little bit about your business. Sure. So uh, I started in 2010 um, doing everything. Um, found my niche in 2015 doing middle to high-end outdoor living. Mm-hmm. Um, so your paper patios, pericles, bars, pavilions, you know, all the fun stuff. And um, kind of shifted my uh, one crew operation toward uh, being efficient, kind of, uh, even before I met Andy, uh, following the mentality of, you know, more equipment, less people, and... Uh, getting the job done right and working for fewer people per year is my goal. So like 15 to 25 clients a year, keeping it simple. Wow. When you said in 2015, you started with everything, was that lawn mowing and landscaping plus the hardscaping? In 2010, uh, we started in everything. And then 2015 is when I um, took everything but the middle to high end outdoor living out of the scenario. We got rid of the lawn maintenance. We got rid of mulch jobs. We got rid of all the stuff that uh, isn't bad, it just wasn't my passion. Uh, I have a passion for the outdoor living spaces. Okay, so how did you go from mowing, which is low entry, I mean, Mm -hmm. anybody, hopefully, (laughs) I had a guy one time, John was out there and he he had the self-propelling gauge, but he didn't have the blading gauge, and he's just out there listening to his headphones and He's not even mowing. He's just pushing the mower. So I, I, I got to preface, not everybody can mow. You think it doesn't take much skill. You to- do have a lot of competition, though. I mean, your competition is anybody with a mower, and that's everybody on my street in my subdivision, you know, could pick up an extra lawn this week. They could cut their neighbors at where in the outdoor living environment, it does require a little bit more investment to do it. Um, so less competition, I would say. So when you started off mowing and, you know, putting in a yard of mulch for Sweet mm-hmm. Sue, how did you get the confidence to end up doing outdoor living spaces? Uh, repairs, small sidewalk projects that, you know, established companies weren't interested in. And, um, you know, I, I, there wasn't a lot of education. There was no Caleb Bob and Harnscape Academy when I started. Um, to kind of walk you through the steps of a proper installation. It was reading Unilock pamphlets and trying to absorb any information you could at your local uh, Unilock dealer. Um, so it took a couple years to get into the groove of things until I think in 12 or 13 when somebody allowed me to do my first patio. And then it would, you know, maybe a year later I got, you know, my first retainment wall or seat wall pillars. Let's start with that first patio. How did you sell yourself? Right. You know, I have no experience. I've never done one before. Hey, I'm the guy. How in the world did you sell that first job? Uh, was it a family member? Or it was wasn't. It, a- it was a, uh, it was actually the guy that created my business cards. Oh, so wow. I went to him when I was still cutting grass and said, hey, you know, I need 500,000 business card, local print shop. And he gave me my first swing on a 400 square foot Holland Stone patio. 
Wow. I can remember the peanut shape to this day. <laughs> and then how did that first job, did you price it right? Did you execute the service? Uh, what was that rookie? Do you have, how'd that first one go? Cause I think a lot of guys listening to my show, comfortable mowing, right. comfortable putting in a flat okay. of flowers or Yalder mulch. And they look at what Caleb does and it, it seems like almost too difficult to, to break into. So what was that um, barrier and, and entry into this world? Like that first job, walk us through the emotions for the guy that's scared to even get started. Oh man, it, it was scary, man. I can remember like pre-planning my day at night before I fell asleep and how I was gonna excavate this side and do this. You know, at the time we're running two wheelbarrows and you know, hand shovels. And this happened to be a lookout, which um, means you're going uphill hauling the dirt to the street. And it was just gonna be a labor intensive, everything by hand process. Um, when it came to pricing, I was doing it all the wrong way. I mean, based on square footage and just what should I charge, asking wholesalers. There was no math, rhyme, reason, time, nothing. It was more the excitement about getting my first patio. Um, so, yeah, I probably wasn't profitable on it. but. So after you got that first one done, was the customer happy? Or? Oh, yeah, they're still happy. They still have my print business. So. <laughs> oh, wow. So, so how did that evolve to where you kind of saw the light at the end of the tunnel. This is my wheelhouse mm-hmm. and, and abandoned lawn mowing and, and, and mulching and th- things of that nature. Um, I think as it developed, um, you're getting more and more leads. You're getting more tracking your profitability on it. Um, a lot of encouragement from my mentors. Once I uh, created a, a steady stream of install work um, just to really hone in on it and give up on the the maintenance and the things that I didn't have passion for to continue in that direction. How was the finances c- compared to lawn mowing, mulch, and, and these outdoor spaces? D- did you notice you're making a lot more money doing less work in this space too? Or was it just purely the passion of, I- I'd rather do this than lay down a stripe with the I mower? I feel like it was purely passion in the beginning. You know, you're, you're earning your stripes um, and you know, I, I can't imagine doing the stuff that I did in my early 20s. Now, the hard work that it took, you know, reinvesting every single dollar, whether it was into a new compactor, new saw cutting. I mean, um, not I didn't go out and finance a bunch of new equipment. I just kind of afforded whatever I could. You know, Caleb's model buy, which you can afford at the time. I was searching Craigslist for used compactors. I just I had such a strive and passion for what I wanted to do. Um, I can't say I devoted a lot of time to making sure it was profitable in the beginning. It was just a passion. I, I figured that stuff out later as it went. Wow. What was the evolution from the whale barrels and the shovel to, I need this piece of equipment first. Obviously, if you have $500,000, you can go out and buy it all. <laughs> but if you got to, you know, scrape and claw, what, what did you get first, second, third, fourth? Kind of walk us through that progression. And then maybe what you would say, somebody's listening that's, going to start getting into mm-hmm. purchasing that you know did you learn anything from did, did you bite off more you could chew buy something that was sitting in you know uh cold you know just cold in the you are shop. testing my memory man this is like 10 years ago um but i do remember well, my because we look at how successful <laughs> folks like you and andy are now and i know it's like i, I want to draw back to you weren't always this way. You're a great host, man. You're, you're having me go back. I'm trying to remember all this stuff. I do remember it's my, my therapist. We got to get to the root, Paul. <laughs> the root, man. You, you're getting back there. Um, I do remember the excitement about buying my first steel concrete saw and having my own compactor. Um, those were two items that I knew I couldn't, you know, not start a hardscape company with. Uh, wheelbarrow shovels, borrow them from my dad. Um, you know, I remember 
um, loading up the back of my pickup and unloading it so many times and just being like, oh, I really wish I could, I could just have something that dumped. So, you know, I scrounged Craigslist at the time when Craigslist was hot and found a $3,500 dump trailer, and that was awesome. Um, after I figured that out, now I'm saving hours of my day, you know, not having to unload and load, um, I think I escalated into mini skid steers. And I was just talking about this with Andy, and we were reminiscing on some of the older models from Vermeer and how I, you know, you used to be able to buy a mini skid steer for six or $7,000 used. I mean, nowadays, sheesh, 20, 30,000. But yeah, just climbing my way up, buying and selling equipment, and, um, you know, buying what I could afford at the time. But uh, as a progression, I would say saw compactor, dump trailer, and then finally getting into something besides, you know, a hand shovel, but an excavator. What was the progression then of the actual competency and knowledge to actually perform these projects? I don't follow. Well, when uh, you take somebody who knows how to mow mm -hmm. and, and knows how to put in mulch, mm -hmm. building a retaining wall without the hardscape academy, mm -hmm. in, in your case, or a stone patio paver, how in the world did you get the the, the know-how to go the out knowledge. and to perform okay. that? Well, where did that, I mean, you weren't just born with that. Right. How did you figure out how to do it the right way? I think uh, Unilock. And that's a good plug for hardscapeacademy.com. Right. Yeah, <laughs> it is. Um, Unilock has always been good to me um, because I my, my background um, is I used to work at a dealer local to me. Mm -hmm. uh, for two years, I sold Unilock from oh, that dealer. Oh, so, so you, you had... I knew every single paver because I've loaded every single paver on every contractor's truck. Okay. And I had known uh, the Unilock representatives, and I've even done some uh, um, weekend training for happy homeowners that want to put it in their home own patio. So I had a decent amount of knowledge, and that was a little bit of my backstory, is I wanted to get into hardscaping, so the only channel that I found to learn about it was actually to go sell the pavers. Mm -hmm. um, and that's what I did by going to work for a local supplier for two years and kind of just be a sponge over there to the contractors coming in, coming out, talking to the material reps, and trying to grab as much information as I could. Yeah, I think Mike Pletch from the How to Hardscape podcast has a kind of a similar history. Yeah. So, very interesting. Uh, what state are you out of? We're out of Chicago, Illinois. Oh, okay. How far are you from Andy? Uh, he's probably about 45 minutes east of me in Indiana. Okay. He's in Gary, Indiana? Uh, yeah, somewhere like in that Crown Point, St. John area, I think. Okay. That was my sarcasm, but I, I, I don't know. I heard Gary Indiana's rough town. Gary's rough. I mean, yeah, we all have our, we have Chicago Heights in Illinois. Um, That's rougher too. Christian from Chicago too. Yeah. CNI. We got a lot uh, of Chicago here. There he always has popcorn. I want some of that. Um, yeah, they, uh, they're a little bit more north of us, Christian is. Okay. Well, here's what we're going to do. John, we're going to kick it over. Mr. Producer's back in his bunker in the Appalachian Mountains. I tried <laughs> I tried to invite him. Now, I, I, not that I have the authority to invite him. If, if Caleb or Brian would have got on the phone and said, hey, would you like to come down to the Hype House? I think he probably would have. But I kind of said, hey, why don't you come on down? He's going to be busy enough with all these podcasts we're going to send him. Yeah, so... Caleb uses Mr. Producer. Mm -hmm. Fullerton does. Everybody. Um, Naylor will be here later in the week. He does. Um, a lot of folks that are here use Mr. Producer. So anyway, he has, I've been to his home before. He's got bears in his backyard. I don't know if you have them up in, in Chicago. No, not so much. Yeah, black bears. He, oh. The Appalachian Mountains. He literally lives like, he probably doesn't want you guys to know where he lives. <laughs> but you got to like go up the, you know, in the mountain, up the mountain, 
and, and it's street scary, you know, if you're dri- driving at night or whatever. It's a really cool setup. If you like outdoors and camping. Illinois and, is a lot more boring. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's it's definitely beautiful up up in his bunker. So we'll kick it back to him. He's going to play today's show sponsor. And uh, is this your first podcast or have been on Caleb's? I've been on a few, yeah. Okay. A few? Who else? Uh, I've, what's his name? How to Hardscape. How to Hardscape. Okay. On his, and we've been on Caleb's and... Forget the other one I've been on. Okay, because people, when I say we're going to kick it to the commercial, my guests are sitting there waiting for the commercials and not realizing Mr. Producer's a pro. He'll, he'll put those, he'll stitch them in. Yeah, yeah. So we'll take a sip of water. Um, Brian, I'm, Brian drinks Essentia. I'm uh, still here on the, uh, it just says spring water. <laughs> That's where you know you're still coming up in the game. But hey, let's kick it over to Mr. Producer. We'll have more John from Chicago coming right back up. Kohler introduces an industry-first 300-hour oil change kit. The innovative oil change kit includes new Kohler Pro 10W50 full synthetic oil and Kohler Pro Extended Life oil filter, which when paired together, triple the oil change interval in Kohler gas engines from 100 hours to 300 hours. You can reduce your annual oil change costs by up to 50% while improving equipment uptime and productivity. Kohler Pro 10W50 oil is engineered for increased wear protection under extreme operating conditions. Kohler Pro 300-hour oil change kits are available for most Kohler engines. Contact your local Kohler authorized dealer to learn more about Kohler Pro 300-hour oil change kits. You can count on Jobber to keep your business organized. Manage your business and back and forth with customers from one place. Estimate, quote, schedule, invoice, get paid, no software experience required. Friends, you can save 20% off your first six months at getjobber.com forward slash Paul or click on the link in today's show notes to try out the business management software that I've been using for years, Jobber. Hey, Lenny Magno with Xmark here with some food for thought when it comes to choosing the right zero turn mowers. What do you value in a zero turn mower? Productivity, reliability, cut quality, or a combination of each? At Xmark, we're constantly listening to our customers to ensure our Laser Z mowers deliver the right features, productivity, and uptime performance to help them grow their business. Visit xmark.com to learn about the innovations that make the Laser Z the green industry's most trusted zero turn mower. The only app every landscaper needs. Company Cam makes it dead simple to communicate, document, and problem solve with guys in the field, no matter where you are. Company Cam brings documentation, communication, and liability protection together in one simple, easy to use app for you and your entire team. Take unlimited photos and videos, share custom reports, create flawless before and afters, and even communicate and share progress with homeowners, with galleries, and projects timelines all from your smartphone company cam the only app every landscaper needs check it out at companycam.com forward slash green or find it in your app store the link will also be in today's show notes today's podcast was recorded at the 2022 green industry hype house in tampa florida this year's hype house is sponsored by the hardscape academy and the Entrepreneur academy Caleb and Brittany Allman invite you to visit thehardscapeacademy.com where you'll find on-demand video courses and workshops. It's educational training to help you optimize your time, resources, and make more money. 
LawEntrepreneurAcademy.com, started by Brian and Liz Fullerton, is dedicated to giving lawn care professionals all of the content and resources needed to reach more customers, grow your business, and be more successful. Enjoy today's podcast and remember to check out both the Hardscape Academy and the Lawntrepreneur Academy. Alrighty, guys, the very first interview at the 2022 Hype House. Right behind me is the Gulf of Mexico. It's a very nice house. I got here and the company that rents it was kind of looking at me and they're like, you know, they're trying to feel us out. Who are you guys? Because this place is, they're like, you know, it's eight bedrooms. I think it's like 10 bathrooms. You got a hot tub. You got a pool. You got a river to the pool. You There's got a hot tub? Oh, yeah. Oh, I didn't if, even get if to you go hit, in the back yet. If you, hit the, um, if you hit the button, he said it takes 45 minutes and it'll go to 104 degrees. And it's got a heated pool. And it's got a river that takes you from the hot tub to the pool. Oh, yeah. I'm definitely heading out there. It's supposed to be like 50 degrees tonight, man. The, tonight is the night for the hot tub. Well, I, I like it a little bit warmer. But this place is incredible. And so, anyway, they're like, who who are you guys? And, and I was like, oh, you know, Brian's Law Maintenance. <laughs> so, <laughs> and uh, he's like, well, it's under Brittany Alm. Yeah, it's like Kick Contractor Podcast. And so, they were uh, fascinated. But uh, the point of this, John, is... When we go to events like the Equip Expo or any event in our industry, what ends up happening is after the event, we all get together and do this. We hang out. You guys, I guess, can't see, but everyone's hanging out talking shop. Mm -hmm. So we're like, what if we actually did an event where the main focal point was Annie Mulder and and, uh, AJ Bretzel sit down and talk and collaborate and talk shop. Yeah. And and we record, you know, as much of it as we can with our podcast and Instagram, YouTube and everything like that. So we did it last year. It was a huge success. Um, and now here we are year two. So thanks for coming down, man. Yeah, I followed it last year. I thought it was an excellent. I mean, we all learned so much just being together. Why not share conversations with everybody else? Yeah, it's really cool. It's it's, it's elevating the industry and, and having guys like you who are in the outdoor spaces arena, because a lot of folks that listen to my show are lawn mowing, okay. mulch, and so it, it, it opens the eyes to, wow, there are other opportunities out there. And, and some folks, you know, might just want to stick to lawn mowing and, and, and have a passion for that. There ain't nothing wrong with that, man. It is a peaceful, I, I enjoy lawn mowing. Yeah. I just don't want to do it for a living. So tell us about your business now. We kind of got the humble beginnings part mm-hmm. to, to where is it now? How, how much you guys doing? Um, 15, 15, 20 accounts a year. You know, walk us through through whatever you want to share about where your business is now. So, yeah, now we are at the point where we're just doing design install work. Um, I do enjoy the occasional um, rip out and redo. So, you know, there's some homes in our area that are on the aging side, you know, that 30 to 50 year range when things need to be kind of reassessed and reworked. Um, and we're just installing outdoor living spaces. Um, we've been slinging a lot of slabs lately, if you've certain, heard that term, okay. uh, large format slinging pavers. Slabs. Slinging slabs. So we like to use our, uh, our excavator and uh, put large format pavers down um, and just really riding the wave of people spending money in their own space. Okay. And then what's your day-to-day role in the company? Are you doing what Andy does out in the field? Or are you more... Uh, a general manager give, give us kind of the details how many guys do you have on your team what, what's each kind of role 
uh, there's three employees and myself. Um, yes, I'm out in the field, very similar to Andy's setup where, you know, maybe till like lunchtime and then I find myself in the office or doing sales or everything else that it uh, takes to run the business. But um, um, yeah, every morning we meet up and just go at it. So the three other employees, are they mainly doing the labor? Correct. Okay, and so you're running all the sales and the administration and everything? Yep, there is no back end to signature, it's just me. Wow, it's just you. So what's your marketing plan or, or how, how does these 15, 20 proper, you know, properties that you do each year, how do you kind of land on those? Or is it all word of mouth or, or do you do some intentional other forms of marketing? How are you getting the, these solid 15, 20 jobs a year? I think mainly word of mouth. Um, I'm sure Instagram and, and things like this help uh-huh. with brand awareness. Um, about two years ago, we made the decision to um, start being more vocal and attentive on Instagram, putting posts, doing daily stories. And it's really out, outside my comfort zone to be like telling people how we do it. Um, but um, it has had a great impact and it's keeping me top of mind with my listening audience, whether it's local or um, even a contractor in a different field that feels confident enough to refer me. Um, if you're in a referral-based marketing, people need to know you to refer you. And I think that uh, uh, being active on a social media platform definitely helps that. Uh, it keeps even the simplest people like my family members and my brothers out of state knowing what I'm up to and wow. uh, giving talking points to people I've never met who just you know want to ask questions or be inquisitive about what I'm doing in my business. Then how do you vet when the, the phone does ring mm-hmm. and someone says, hey, I need you to come uh, give me a quote for my backyard. How do you think through your brain, this is a tire kicker or this could be a, a gold mine profit, excellent job, I wanna jump on this. What are kind of red flags, yellow flags, things that you do to, to vet that process. So I'm sure maybe you've never made the mistakes that we have, but you, you go and you waste your time and it was all in vain. How, how do you pr- protect against that? And how do you, how do you find the good customers? It's a win-win. Um, I try to have a phone conversation. So um, I can think of a client right now that I'm dealing with that just really wants me to set up an appointment and come to their house and look at their site. Everybody wants you to come to their house and look at their site. You're like, you know what, let me give you a little bit of vetting and get you on the phone to talk about what size project you're contemplating, if, it, if it's something or how far away it is. And just going through that vetting process, it's helpful if you have like a questionnaire sheet ready or if you're experienced enough where you kind of have all the, the key talking points in your head to vet that customer as much as you can on the phone and make a general decision at that point to say, yes, I'm willing to invest the time to come out and give you, in our case, a free consultation. Um, At that point, we'll schedule the consultation um, to a time that is conducive to both parties. Um, I try not to work weekends and I don't work past five for meetings. So um, if it's important to the client, they'll make time for you is one of... uh, (laughs) <laughs> is one of the things that I believe. So in, uh, I, once I started having kids and stuff like that, uh, um, valuing my home time, but I digress. Um, once we do the site contact um, consultation, we'll go through it. I'll explain my ideas and maybe some ballpark budgets. Um, based on experience, I can kind of put them in a 10 grand window, whether this is you know in the 50 to 60, 60 to 70, and then ask them if they would like to hire me to uh, draft a design for them to review. 
And then how do you go about pricing? If they say, yeah, let's, let's go to step two, mm-hmm. which is where they bring out the checkbook. How do you price that next stage of you drafting the job up? So they'll pay for the design. Um, and then that usually will give me, depending on the schedule I want to keep, whether I say, hey, the design will be ready in a week, it'll be ready in two weeks. We'll present the design. Um, and I will have a rough conceptual budget at that time of what the design I'm presenting is. They're more than likely going to make their tweaks or say, wow, that was you know way higher than we expected. What could we get it down to be in this conceptual price range? Mm-hmm. But we're trying to, um, we've talked conceptual pricing at this point. We're trying to get it down to their range and a design they're happy with before we're going into the formal quotation process. John, how many of the people that call you and you have that initial com- phone conversation mm-hmm. How many of those hire you to do the draft? I would say I'm probably like one for five. Okay. So then out of those that you do the draft for, how many of those have you do the whole job then? I would say north of 75%. Okay. So what, if you do the draft, it's, it's more than likely going to materialize into a job because you think they, they just start to trust you and... It's, it's just over after that, basically? I feel like, yeah, at that point, they've already somewhat financially committed to me. Um, whether it's as simple as 500 or $1,000 that, you know, I've pointed them in the right direction and they've decided that they're just going to wait a year or they're just going to move forward with the process more than likely and get the patio and outdoor living space installed this year. But um, usually by the time that they've gotten the quote, we've met or talked I would say two to five times mm-hmm. a relationship is starting to form and you know, both sides know, you know, if this is going to work or not. And then what's the next payment structure after that? And I don't know Illinois. I know mm-hmm. California. There's all kind of stuff that's different than Georgia. After you get the thousand bucks to draft the plan mm-hmm. and let's say it's a um, $25,000 job. I'm just okay. giving round numbers. What's your next step then to get some more money and get them on the schedule or whatever you do? Just t- tell me your, right. what you found out. Um, so normally we'll have a scheduling deposit depending on the size of the job. I mean, you got to set your own parameters, but it's somewhere between 10 and 30%. Um, if it's a $20,000 job, maybe closer to 30%. If it's a $100,000 job, maybe closer to 10%. Okay. Um, and then usually after the scheduling deposit, they're going to get a rough you know, start date. Um, once the material has arrived, we normally like the project to be fun near like the 70% range. So material arriving usually means that you know maybe the patio is excavated the bases in and now the material arrived um, and then we'll have a, a, a final payment um, obviously at the end of the project and change orders are paid for as they're made okay and is this through you collect checks 100% of the time or I know the processing fees that I paid last year I was right. I was looking at my thing and I was like there, this is a mistake surely this is a mistake I was like, oh my gosh I spent a lot of money last year on processing fees and I, you know, I'm not doing $75,000 jobs like you. So do you, mm-hmm. how do you go about, do you collect card or do you collect check or what do you do for these big, big ticket items? Cause it's I, different than a $45 lawn mowing I cut. I like the, uh, I, the design charge. I want to make that as streamlined as possible. People might be a little bit hesitant. Um, so I do accept credit card charges for the design process, but that's I feel only like, like a thousand just, bucks. Yeah. That's yeah. I feel easy. like that's smooth, but past that point, I would rather not run to the bank. So I turn on that fancy feature in QuickBook that allows ACH to deposits. Oh. And I think that's like a $10 flat fee. Yeah. And that's worth my 
not having to go to the bank. So yeah, totally. it also allows them to review the invoice and make the payment online. So if I call up Mrs. Johnson and be like, hey, your material was delivered today. Um, if you can arrange a payment in the next 48 hours for the material payment, um, you know, she's able to do that online. She doesn't have to write me a check and then stay home that morning to give it to me by hand. And it just makes it a lot more convenient. Yeah. That's great. Has there ever been any issues at that last 30%? You finish the last payments done and then, oh, John, could you, real quick, could you do, have they ever tried that? Because at that point, they, they hold you. Right. They have the care. <laughs> yeah. So how do you uh, alleviate that, dragging it on and just, we're done, pay me? Um, I think you finished the contracted work as soon as possible. So if all the contracted work is done and they have, you know, additional work for you to do, that would be considered a change order. Well, I've already completed the contracted work. Let's get that off the table. If you'd also, you know, hey, I also want five more, six more trees, do this, do that, do that. That would be considered a change order and gets its own separate invoice. Okay. Because otherwise you're right. If it's just all in one nut, they're just going to keep dragging it out and dragging it out. Yeah. And then um, you, earlier you said, I don't want to digress into the family aspect, mm -hmm. but I'd like to actually dive deep into that. I see a, a wedding band on your hand, correct? Mm -hmm. So um, walk us through how you've maintained. I don't know anything about your story. So <laughs> no you could be on your fifth marriage and you no. got 25 kids. I don't know your <laughs> story. Like, you don't want to talk about that. <laughs> no. But um, tell us, because I'm, I'm fascinated not just in having a prosperous, profitable, successful business, mm -hmm. but I'm looking to get married, you know, sooner than later here. And I want to have, you know, a healthy marriage, you know, I want to be in the nursing home together kind of thing. You know what I'm saying? Right. A full healthy marriage. So how have you maintained uh, a family while running this business and, and how is that uh, value, you know, uh, sp speak into how you can win both at business and in family. You have to invest in your family as much as you invest in your business. So um, I am married. I've um, been married for 12 years and I have four daughters. Uh, my oldest two are twins and then I, my youngest is two. Um, setting some ground rules with the wife, um, setting things like uh, shared calendars was a big uh, thing for our marriage so that, uh, you know, if I did have a late night meeting, it was known about, it wasn't something I sprung on, you know, the family agenda at three o'clock. Um, and then making um, sure that you're setting a time for the family, whether that's Sunday afternoons after church, or if it's, you know, taking Saturdays off as much as you can, like Andy does. Saturday. And Saturday. Um, I found a great uh, avenue for my family has been camping over the past three to four years. I uh, bought a big toy hauler camper and we all love to go to Michigan. I'm able to disconnect from my business and really put some time in with the family. Um, but yeah, we're all going to do it our own different ways. But uh, my wife has been very supportive of the business and, um, and I, I got lucky, I guess. Awesome. What's been the biggest uh, mistake that you've made, you know, since starting this thing back in, mm -hmm. you know, a decade ago? Uh, what would you say you've been your biggest mistake and what'd you learn from that mistake? Um, the biggest mistake I've made is uh, not having a bulletproof contract. Um, so if you don't have a bulletproof contract, you're opening yourself up to um, having to sue people and, uh, paying those attorney fees and all that kind of stuff. So if I could do it all over again um, early on before I got into a situation, you're dealing with bigger projects, you're gonna deal with a bigger hit or bigger loss, um, I would invest earlier into having a good contract.
you don't have to name names and all that, but can you give us a story of something that you, you sound like you have a story behind this? Was there something that went south that you you, you can be vague, but yeah. can you give us a little bit of the the storyline? I can't say too much about that, but um, all I can say is that a strong contract, you know, is a strong contract. Doing the sign on the dotted line with a date isn't isn't going to get you very far when you start to get into larger projects um, that could sink or, you know, sell your ship. Got it. You know, if somebody doesn't pay you for a month's worth of lawn maintenance, you're going to survive. But if somebody doesn't pay you for a three-month project, it's a harder hole to dig yourself out of. Wow. I, I think you made the point. So. <laughs> yeah, so. <laughs> I had uh, one guy, he went on vacation and he came back and I think I, I charged him 40 bucks a pop. Mm-hmm. Okay, and if you would have saw this yard, you would have laughed at me. I was an absolute rookie. I should have been charging him probably like 75 bucks a cup, but I, I charged him 40. And then he comes back and, and he's like, you didn't mow by the pool, which we did. Because I, I clearly remember he had little rock things. So I had to walk over to rock to get to his little, I did it. I have integrity. I mowed it by his pool. <laughs> and now he comes back and, and he's like, you didn't mow by the pool. And uh, he's like, I'm only giving you $60. And, and, uh. I was like, I did mow. He's like, prove it. You can't prove it. Blah, 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 blah. And, oh, man. And, and kicked me off his property. Only gave me 60 bucks. So I got, I got ripped off at 20 bucks. But um, I, that's when I started going to prepay. Oh, okay. Yeah. But then one of, the, one of his friends, or they were related or whatever, she pulled the same thing. They were out of town. And then she's like, you only came three times. You didn't come all four. And, and they're like, prove it. Blah, blah, blah. I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, because I did it. I had integrity. And, and they were just, there's people out there that just, they get a kick out of ripping you off. Yeah, yeah. I had. I remember back in my lawn maintenance day, um, one of my uh, uh, persons that I looked up to said, always do something on the property that you'll remember. So if it's like, oh yeah, I was by the pool. I picked up the so-and-so and set it next to your pool equipment. I did this, I did that. Like doing a little bit of an extra thing. Uh, his more thing was like, we well, only weren't there three times, not four. You're like, no, no, no. My, that fourth time that you're discussing, I picked up that pool noodle and I put it back by the pool equipment for you. It's all those little things be like, Oh yeah, they can't contest it. Like yeah. doing little pieces extra. Well, and I wasn't timing my work, so oh. now everyone has cameras. So it's like, oh, when you know Wednesday the thirteenth at two twenty four p.m. We got here, mm-hmm. and you know, shout out to Jobber, you checked out at you know whatever. You 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 can um, have everything scheduled, and and then you can you know they can, if they really wanted to look it up in their camera, and then whatever. So it was fifty five bucks I got out. Lesson learned. Yeah. Three months is is a whole nother. Um, pill to swallow. Another reason when I was in maintenance, I mean, you guys have probably perfected by now is we went to monthly. So mm-hmm. it didn't even matter if we were there or not. I mean, we always were, but we weren't having those constant arguments with the client. But like you came three, not four times, you know? Yeah. And, and even in the Atlanta market, there's different ways in Atlanta. Our, our climate is way different than you guys mm-hmm. up by um, Chicago, but um, you can go at, you can charge them the same in January, February, March, just give them a flat rate and just say, well, you know, be there 48 of the 52 weeks. And, and then if one week you don't go or whatever, you know what I mean? It's, there's some, there's some margin there if you're in a warmer climate, but I digress now. So, <laughs> all right, let's get rowdy up here in the hype house. Yeah, what, what, what do you think, man? Uh, you looking forward to hanging out with these guys for a couple days? I am. I'm going to be a sponge. You guys are like, you know, everybody who everybody wants to follow and and check out your podcast is amazing i'm listening to you and i'm just excited to be here and uh, soak up any information i can cool thank you uh for coming on out thank you
You have been listening to the Green Industry Podcast. Thanks again to Xmark, Company Cam, and Kohler Engines for powering our 2022 kickoff tour. Support our sponsors and check out their products as we have provided the links in today's show notes. There you also find the link to Paul's new book, 101 Proven Ways to Increase Efficiency and Make More Money in Lawn Care. And of course, don't forget to smash that follow button and turn on notifications to stay up to date with future episodes as the tour rolls on. This has been a Jameson Media and Mr. Producer production.